Hello and welcome to another episode of the Theo Keeps Talking podcast, where you may laugh or you may learn. Available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. My name is Theo, and the most important question of the day, how are you all doing? I'm back from my mini vacation last week. It was a nice change in scenery, and I'm glad I got a chance to spend some time with my family. Today's episode's a little special because this is the very first episode that I've made after I've posted that my podcast exists on Instagram. Uh, I was really on the fence for a while because I wasn't entirely sure how consistent I would be as shown by the four-month gap in between episode four and five. I wasn't sure how much I would like the finished product, and I also wasn't sure who would listen if I made it public, but when I made episode five about mental health and your self-awareness, I became more secure about how these were going. Uh, Regardless of who listened, it came down to the fact that I'm really making these for myself, Um, and I'm really happy with what I put out and what's to come. I think I have a really, really good lineup of episodes moving forward, some good topics at hand that I can flesh out and keep putting out for, you know, the weeks to come. So what else have I been up to? The Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA Finals, and I'm so, so happy. I'm a huge LeBron fan. He got his fourth ring, fourth Finals MVP. I was going nuts watching the entire series. Anthony Davis was insane, both ends of the floor. I loved watching it. Jimmy Butler played out of his mind, games three and five, and It was an entertaining series to watch for sure. I'm really excited for next season. I think that the tentative date that they're looking for to start the next NBA season is like mid-January. I think I saw January 18th, but of course has to be confirmed later. In some sad news, my quarterback, Dak Prescott, got hurt last Sunday against the Giants, and I'm just so sad. Like He was playing really, really, really well. It was a contract year for him. Dallas had the second easiest remaining schedule based on a winning percentage on the Raiders. And I was convinced he was going to go crazy for the rest of the season, but now he's hurt. And it, it was a compound fracture in his ankle, just like Gordon Hayward's. And it was, it was just so sad to see, but if there's anyone who, you know, I believe could come back even stronger and play really well, it's definitely him. Uh, so on another note, what have I been consuming? What I've been watching? Um, I watched the Weight of Gold documentary, which is a story on Olympic athlete mental health on HBO Max. It was really good. It was really informative about how much they train, how much they get paid. And it was really eye-opening to see what happens when their career is over and how the Olympic process is more about, hey, let's find the next great thing instead of, hey, let's support the next great thing that we used to have, you know? Um, I'm about halfway through The Social Dilemma on Netflix, and it's crazy. Like One of the experts in the documentary has a son whose average screen time per day is two hours and 50 minutes, and they framed it like it's really bad. And I'm like, I'm pushing seven hours a day on my phone. I'm on Twitter. I checked. It says I'm on Twitter for basically 14 hours a week now, which is crazy because this kid feels bad for three hours a day you know oh man and i i'm watching this and i'm like i'm getting exposed because i am addicted to my phone 
Um, last week in <laughs> fantasy football, I lost by half a point. It was just, just so disheartening. I lost by half of a point. Like it was like one hundred four point two eight to like one hundred three point six eight or whatever it was. It was just so brutal. And it was on and it, was, and it came down to the Tuesday night game too. And I was just like, why did it have to happen like this? And the the strangest concept, a Tuesday night football game, I lose by half a point. So now I'm one in four. It's further proof that I would be a terrible general manager for a football team. So I think that's out of the question. And uh, it's just not looking good, homies. It's, it's not looking good at all. <clears throat> so some music and podcast recommendations. Um, I've had Ungodly Hour by Chloe, Chloe and Hallie on repeat all last week. Um, and the last song on the project, Rest of Your Life, is definitely my new favorite hype song. Like Every time I hear it, this insane burst of energy comes, and I, I just love it. Um, I've been listening to Giveon nonstop as well. Uh, his EP, When It's All Said and Done, came out a little bit ago. It's so good, but it's only 11 minutes. So I need more. I I need more expeditiously. Um, then Young Blue dropped Your Minds Still with Drake. Um, and in customary new Drake song fashion, I've already listened about 30 times today. Um, and I love it. You know, it, that's just how it is. New Drake, that's all I'm doing. Um, and, Dr and Drake's a different animal when he plays the I'm the victim card. Oh, he's he's undefeated. Hall of Fame worthy performance when he plays the victim you know but uh it was a really good song really happy with that um as for just like last week i've been watching nonstop and listening to nonstop basketball podcasts um thinking basketball event with ben is still forefront of my mind um what else what else what else oh i've been so crazy about watching basketball still and it's going to carry into the rest of the projects that i'm working on that I've been watching whole basketball games from like the 1990s. Like it's just, it, it's kind of a problem. <laughs> it's kind of a problem, but I'm watching like the 1993 Eastern Conference Finals, so I could watch some actual full-length Michael Jordan footage um, to confirm whatever biases I may or may not have about who the, the best player of all time is. So I've been watching like full length games because, you know, highlights are highlights. So when you watch full length games, you get the whole story. So one of the many things that piqued the topic for today, today's show was the vacations that I've taken since mid-March and particularly last weekend. So we got to talk about the coronavirus. There's it, it's been too long for, for me to have delayed all the research I had put into this show for me to even go further past October without talking about it. So at long last, the full amount of my research is coming together, and I also have a few personal stories to throw in there. But before we get into the main topic, I wanted to announce that our podcast has a sponsor. Yes, indeed. We are a big boy podcast now. Today's episode is brought to you by the Split Simplify Your Hangouts app. Split is the simplest way to split the bill. No more guesstimating who owes who. Tax and tip are automatically calculated based on a person's order. Simply take a photo of the receipt, 
add your friends in their order, and settle the bill with Venmo. The split, simplify your Hangouts app, try it today in the App Store. Just for a little transparency, I'm going to put this out there. This app is developed by one of my friends, and I did ask him in advance if I could hype him up professionally for the podcast, but the app does work very well. I'm very, very proud of him. Kevin, you did a fantastic job, but this still is a hashtag ad, so had to gas up the homies, but did want to put it put out there that he did Venmo me approximately 69 cents for the ad read. So to start... Most of us know the timeline of the coronavirus discovered in China. It moves west and west and west until around mid-March. The U.S. comes to a complete standstill. But here's where the deviation from the plan comes. It's March 17th. I take two to three weeks worth of clothes home from Philly to Maryland because the prevailing notion was that, hey, if we just lock down for 14 days, everything will be okay. Here comes the narrator voice. Everything was not okay. What else were we told back then? The heat will kill the coronavirus. UV rays will kill the coronavirus. Stay six feet apart. That makes sense. Masks at first were not mandatory. And hey, if you stay inside for two weeks, we are going to flatten the curve. Here's what happened. On April 8th, Maryland hits over 1,000 new cases in a day for the very first time. So we're about almost a month after the two weeks proclamation. Then from April 25th to June 6th, Maryland has at least 500 cases per day, every single day, with 21 of those days seeing over 1,000 new cases in a day. So... If you were to give us a flatten the curve score as of June 6th, we are failing. June 10th, I graduate college from my living room via YouTube. (laughs) Maryland has under 500 cases that day. But now it's October 16th and Maryland had 781 new cases yesterday. So what happened? On a behavioral level, here's what happened. It was either Goldman Sachs or J.P. Morgan Chase or some big finance company, but they did a study that there was a correlation with a pretty good R-square value that tracked credit card spending at restaurants with an increased transmission of COVID-19. Basically, eating at restaurants was getting people sick. What else? Thing two, people who didn't believe in the virus started to travel. And here are the numbers. Per the New York Times, on April 10th, 31,000 new cases was the seven-day average with the highest hit areas being New York City, New Jersey, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. So specifically four states, four cities, and one state, right? July 19th, 66,000 new cases was the seven-day average. With the highest hit areas being Arizona, Florida, Louisiana, South Carolina, Alabama, and Texas. Why is July 19th significant? Well, that's the two-week incubation period for COVID-19 after the 4th of July. Basically, people wanted to celebrate their freedom from England by freeing their schedules to catch a virus. October 13th. 
three days ago. Seven-day average of new cases is 52,000. Hardest hit areas, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Arizona, Louisiana, South Carolina, North Dakota, Tennessee. If you're following, the trend went from cities with high commuter populations to rural areas with lots of square mileage. Why? Well, the middle of nowhere places didn't make people quarantine. New Jersey went from the worst state to the best state in a matter of weeks in terms of positivity rate, and big cities did well, and rural areas did not. Why? Because it's all about laws. Don't tell people to stay at home. They won't stay at home. But in certain areas, tell them to stay home. They're like, eh, my freedom speaks a little bit louder than my concern for a virus. Crazy, isn't it? And it, and another aspect of this is it's fatigue, right? A lot of us were told and believed that it'd be better by summer. And why wouldn't we think so? It came down to the people with money and influence pushing really, really hard to open things up again. I mean, people started suing the state of Maryland to open Ocean City for Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend came and the seven day average of cases went up in the state. It's just that simple. The more you hang out, the more the virus spreads. It's pretty straightforward. And there's also this concept that I'm completely going to misuse because I haven't used it in a professional context in approximately seven years, but it's kind of similar to a positive feedback loop. We were told when it was cold that when it got warmer, the cases would go down. And when the cases would go down, things would start reopening. But what ended up happening was it got warmer. Cases went down because we were inside. Things started opening. People started to go outside, cases went up, and everyone in charge was like, eh, figure it out. Here's one of my chief concerns before we even get to the next point. One of my chief concerns was watching places that are warmer than the United States still have the coronavirus before we had our summer, right? Like, I have friends that are, in the, that are from the Middle East, I have friends from... Australia, Kuwait, and basically just traditionally really warm places. And the virus was still there. But it was like April and May, right? So we're getting told, hey, by the way, since it's sunny and warm, very soon, we won't have these problems. But these places that are very, very sunny and warm have had these problems, and it didn't go away. So... It was only a matter of time before we got to Penn State catching a thousand new coronavirus cases in a day just by itself, you know, like that. That's the kinds of things that happen right now. One of the other techniques that some people have told people in mass amounts to use is, hey, coronavirus is still outside. But hey, as long as you wear that mask, nothing can stop you now. My diligent, intelligent listeners, would you kindly allow me to talk about masks? Because I have some mask facts and some mask math for you. Here we go. Researchers at Duke University published a study indicating what kind of masks are the most effective against COVID-19. As you know, 
COVID-19 is a respiratory virus spread via droplet. Droplets are spread when you talk, yell, breathe, sneeze, etc. So what they found was that N95 masks were the most effective, excuse me, reducing 99% of droplets, of course, with air. Blue surgical masks are next at about 90% with air, and it goes down from there. The key is to have three-layer masks. The more layers, the better it does on average. But here's a common issue. The elastic slash stretchy neck gaiters actually increase the duration of the droplets spread into the air. So those neck gaiters you see people wearing, don't trust them. Also, don't trust the people you see wearing them. <laughs> they don't do anything at all. They just make things worse. And I mean, that that's how they're designed, right? The idea is that it keeps you warm when you wear them, but they're also supposed to allow you to breathe. So that's why people wear them when it's cold, but they're running. The, the flow is still supposed to be like, you know, multi-directional. You're still supposed to be able to breathe really well out of it. It's just supposed to keep you warm, right? But if you were to sneeze through that, you're making these really finely tight air droplets that actually hang out in the air for a while so you are basically a COVID factory. Now, I have some mask math for you. So here's why masks are so effective if you <clears throat> wear them properly. So let's say you have a cotton mask that is 50% effective against the coronavirus. And let's say someone else in the vicinity has the coronavirus. There are four possible scenarios that come with masks and the virus. And let's say for the sake of this example, everyone is four, four feet apart instead of six. Scenario one, sick person wears no mask. You wear no mask. Transmission rate, 100%, right? Two, sick person wears no mask. You wear 50% effective mask. Transmission rate, 50%. Sick person wears mask. You wear no mask. Transmission rate, 50%. Lastly, the fourth scenario, sick person wears 50% mask. You wear 50% mask. Transmission rate, 25%. And that's why masks are so important. Because masks, they're not just one way, right? All because it protects you 50% going out, it also protects you 50% going in, right? And that's with a 50% mask, not an N95 and not a surgical mask, which both do better. If everyone wore a surgical mask with with which with which error it's around ninety percent effective, each interaction would only be, of course, in a vacuum, nine percent likely of passing COVID nineteen, right? Because the mask protects what's going in and what's going out. So if you're hundred percent like transmitting, but you wearing a ninety percent effective mask, only basically ten percent hypothetically escapes your mask and then that runs into another surgical mask which is protecting 90 percent so that is leaving with a nine percent transmission rate which is fantastic that's significantly better than 50 or even a hundred percent the only problem is people don't seem to know how to wear these things right and i'll touch more on that later but if y'all don't cover y'all noses 
oh my goodness, I was out one time. I saw this dude take off his mask to sneeze. Brother, you, what? You clearly put the square in the circle hole in kindergarten. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, so wear a mask. You're doing a lot of people a favor. So in addition, COVID has affected so many types of commerce that I've been observing lately. There's no doubt that the unemployment numbers are insane and eviction moratoriums were set to expire a while ago. And I'm pretty sure they got extended, but I'm not sure. Certain people did, certain people didn't. I'm not sure. And at my expertise is out of the realm of those numbers. I'm just going to stick to what I know. But I did want to note what's happening to businesses around us. I present the ever-growing list of companies who have filed for bankruptcy or closed permanently due to COVID-19. Let me tell you, this list is long. Neiman Marcus, number one. <laughs> Banana Republic, number two. Um, AMC, the movie movie theater company, has seen an 85% decline in attendance since October 9th, 2019, per year-to-date numbers. And only... 20% of adults feel comfortable going into the movies as of October per variety. So there is not looking good, right? JCPenney, Pier 1 Imports, J.Crew slash Madewell, 24-Hour Fitness, Models, which I actually used to work at, Lord & Taylor, Tailored Brands, which is the parent company of Men's Warehouse and Joseph A. Bank. Regal Cinemas, True Religion, which I'm not going to miss, Rip Bozo, True Religion was ugly. Gold's Gym, Hertz Rental Cars, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's Lapan, and then it's a Q-O-Q-U-O-T-I-D-I-E-N. I never took French, so I don't know what's going on there, but Lapan something, it used to be in um, <laughs> the Amtrak 30th Street Station in Philadelphia, but yeah, they filed for bankruptcy. GNC, the vitamin company, CEC Entertainment, which is the parent company to Chuck E. Cheese, Cirque du Soleil, Brooks Brothers, California Pizza Kitchen, Sizzler, and Ruby Tuesday is the complete list of companies that at least I've heard of that have filed for bankruptcy or closed permanently due to COVID-19. And one of the, the little thoughts, side thoughts I had had about how you go shopping in the future with COVID-19 was the con the construction of malls, right? So if, if you've ever just looked at a mall, you know that the main entrances are around movie theaters, department stores, or food courts, right? So I'll give you a really good, really good example. So... Arundel Mills Mall in Maryland, it the two of the the most popular entrances are uh, Medieval Times, uh, Cinemark. It's a movie. It's like this Egyptian movie co Cinemark thing. Um, Dave and Buster's, and then Best Buy, and I think the last one. Oh, a Bass Pro Shop. Never. Anyway, so. The, the concept is most malls have department stores that you park in and walk in. So the foundation of the mall 
is based on these really big stores like like Columbia Mall in Maryland, Lord and Taylor, Nordstrom, Macy's, JCPenney, and Sears. Those are all the like the big stores at the end with the main entrances that lead to the parking lots, right? But if these stores go out of business, what happens? Like how do you build a mall like that? You know what I mean? Most malls then more or less would look like like outlets, right? There's no Macy's outlet. There's no JCPenney outlet. There's no movie theaters at outlet stores. But if JCPenney's gone, if Macy's will probably be gone soon, Sears is basically dead, Lord & Taylor, Neiman Marcus, those are going too, right? If you have these foundational pieces of how a shopping mall is created, if they don't exist anymore, how do you fill them out? You know, do you... Like, usually they're the biggest stores there, right? Macy's at King of Prussia's, like, three floors has its own parking section. What do you do with all that space? Like, Macy's is basically done for, right? What do you do with the space? So, it's, al it's always interesting thinking about what is life normally going to be like after this is over? Because even in an example as simple as this, obviously, like, Zara's still going to be there. H&M's going to be there. But... When you walk into a mall, what happens on the outside? What look like? What does it get shaped like in the future? You know, just random thoughts. Um, some other, one of the other things I noticed, like people who have caught it, like Cam Newton has it, had it. Nick Saban, coach of Alabama, had it. Cristiano Ronaldo tested positive. The president and his cabinet tested positive. Really early on, Idris Elba tested positive. So I mean, this they're taking no prisoners. A lot of people are catching COVID-19. Please be safe, right? Then there are certain NFL teams and baseball teams that have had to shut down facilities, rearrange their schedules for what's going on. And it's just crazy. So in short, please be safe. Like it is only a matter of time before flu season and COVID season hit that Dragon Ball fusion dance. And it is, it's going to be a wrap. So, hey, just stay, just be safe. If you're going to do some, wear a mask, be mindful, smaller groups. Eating outside is probably not going to be the wave considering the last warm day of the year is going to be like in a couple days. And then daylight savings time is going to hit. It's going to be like 41 degrees and pitch black at 5 p.m. So there's not going to be too much to do outside. So, hey, be safe. To close, I have some, some kind of funny COVID stories that I wanted to sprinkle out there because... Like, just to give it a little more context, because I barely leave my house, right? Like, I went to school in Philly. Ever since March 17th, I've been to Philly a net total of three times. But I own my taxes. I was a, I was supposed to be a resident of Philadelphia for the year because the residency test is you, you're there for six months. And I was supposed to be in my apartment for, for 18 months from March 2019 to august 2020 but i moved home in march so i was supposed to be there for you know a while but obviously i'm in the crib chilling staying safe because i got some i got some boomers living in my house right like i'm 23 my mother's in her 50s my father's in his early 60s and i live with my grandmother who's in her 80s so in terms of my risk tolerance for covid19 on a scale of one to ten i'm like like barely at a one like if you could, if on a scale of one to 10, you could start at like the smallest millimeter before you draw a one, that's where I am. Like not, I'm not doing anything, you know, but 
in the meantime just like a just like some a few funny stories so with like i went to visit my girlfriend's grandparents in north carolina like right before fourth of july and my girlfriend's mom's a nurse so she's super super careful with all the decisions we make all the places we go mask on all times all that right so very safe and like i mentioned at the top of like the last episode I've taken six COVID tests, so I'm like a super paranoid person. So we're in North Carolina, and we're in like the southeast part of North Carolina. So we're only about 15 minutes north of Myrtle Beach. So we're right next to South Carolina. And it's like night and day how these people behave in these states, right? We're in North Carolina. We're living on a golf course. Like her parents live on a golf course, and we're living with them for two weeks, right around 4th of July. And when we were there, North Carolina had a statewide mask mandate for all, like, I think indoor and public places where, like, people are expected to congregate. South Carolina, as expected, didn't have anything like that. So when we went to go get food this one time, we were driving pat we were driving into North Myrtle Beach, so in South Carolina. And I looked out on the right, and there was, in, in a row... A, a golf cart place, sorry, a go-kart place, a mini golf place, and a Carabas, like very specifically. And I look over and I'm telling you, I saw at least 200 people in one mask. That's it. 200 people with and a net combined total of one mask. And I'm like, what is going on? What are these people doing? What? And like I said, this is in... This is like near the 4th of July. And I'm just like, I, I feel like I'm looking at an alternate universe right now where this, it just doesn't exist to them. COVID can't see it. It doesn't happen. I'm just like, y'all are crazy. I just, I just couldn't believe it, you know? But that's what's going on. That's how in the middle of nowhere, I mean, to be fair to people who live in like North Dakota, you do live in the middle of nowhere. But like those places like that, that's how they're treating this, you know? And it's really, really bad. Um, then another one, and we'll wrap up. The so I'm doing a I'm doing delivery services now because my my start date for my actual full time job was supposed to be last Monday, but for like COVID reasons, they moved us back to. I'm starting in January, right? So it's a bit of a delay. So in the meantime, I've been working doing like DoorDash and Uber Eats, just like working while I study for the CPA exam, right? And one of the places that I <laughs> don't go ever was one of the worst COVID experiences I've ever had. So to give you some context, I live in Baltimore County, Maryland, and I'm very specific about that. I do not live in Baltimore City. I live in Baltimore County. Where I live in Baltimore County is right next to Carroll County, so I do not live in the city, right? And one of the malls that's kind of like a staple, more or less, of Baltimore is called Mondawmin Mall. And for those who have never really met me, which, to be fair, isn't that many of you, I'm really bougie. That's just how I am. I'm, I, I am a college, a brand new college grad who lives in the most upper middle class kind of mindset you've ever seen, right? Like, do I take buses? No. 
buses are just cars I can't drive or get food from. You know, what I mean, they're 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 susceptible to the same traffic. I will take a train, right? I don't take buses, right? And I also don't go in malls that I don't like. I love malls. Mendelman Mall is not one of them. I've lived in Maryland for 23 years. I have I've only been in Mendelman Mall twice. When it was when I was doing DoorDash, and I'm never going in again. And here's why. I had to pick up an order from Popeyes in Mendelman Mall. And I did a little case study in my head. I was just counting how many people in the vicinity of myself were wearing masks that were either on correctly, PPE, or around their neck. So here are the categories. Big overarching category was PPE or non-PPE. So like sur- like the surgical mask and N95 or PPE and anything else is non-PPE. So what I discovered is that on the very first time I visited, because I went twice and they were both to Popeyes, because of course, why not? Of Per 20 people I observed, zero of them, the very first time I went, had a had a blue surgical mask or N95. It was these like someone had the audacity to wear a a knockoff Louis Vuitton mask in like March. No, sorry, in May. I'm like, what are you doing? You look like a fool. Go home. Like what? No, go. Oh, it was so ugly. Anyway, the point is that I walked in and I just started counting because I was so appalled by what I was seeing. Per 20 people the first time I went, 13 of them were wearing the mask covering their mouth, but not their nose. Four out of 20 of them were wearing the mask on their chin. So their mouth and nose was still out. Two out of 20 were wearing them, get this, right? On their ears. Like it was just dangling. Like they were, it was either on their ears or just like they were twirling it on their fingers, but it was nowhere near their mouth or even their nose. And one out of 20 had it on correctly, like covering their nose and their mouth, right? So of that sample size, 5% of the people in that mall wore the mask the right way. And I was just appalled. I just couldn't believe it. It was just so disheartening. I was like, Am I in here about to get turned into a zombie because these people just don't care about anything? They don't care about themselves. It was just so disheartening, right? Let me tell you how it got worse. I went into that Popeyes. There is a probably 12 by 8 area of space before you get to the counter in that mall. And then there's like this long stretch they made where if you walk into the entrance, there's like this really long vertical stretch where you can't walk past somebody like you have to form this single file line. But for you to leave, you also have to have to walk in that same like pathway past people to leave. Right. So you can't be six feet away from people if someone's in line and you need to leave. You have to brush past them and i'm like this is a disaster on top of that i was waiting for my food to deliver to someone else and this lady takes off her mask to tell them her order and i'm like 
we're doomed. Like, we're we're doomed. We're never getting out of this. Like I 2021 Olympics. Yeah, right. The U.S. is not invited. You know what I mean? It just isn't happening. We are doomed. It's over. Like we're wave the white flag. COVID wins. Flawless victory. Just just get them out of here, right? I go the second time per 20 people. This is about a week later per 20 people. I'll give it to you straight away. There was not a single person I saw that was covering their nose and in, in their mouth at the same time. I'll just get it to you early. Here, here's the breakdown. 11 out of 20 were just covering their mouth. Eight out of 20 were just, just had it on their chin. Like the top of their mask was on their chin. And literally I didn't even get the luxury of the, oh, I'm like just waving it around or I'm just using it as like a accessory. One out of 20 people in that Mandalmin mall, that for that God forsaken location, didn't even have a mask on them. Just wasn't there. Just was not available for them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I, it just, it was just like, I'm, I, from that moment on, I'm like, I'm never going in here again. <laughs> and I haven't. Like, I have not been back since. And I knew I didn't like that place when I was like, 14 let alone now that i'm 23 i compromise it just to get some disposable income in my pocket to do some doordash and now here i am scarred for life and i'm just like we can't even save ourselves like people are blaming certain administrations and so people are blaming like certain countries and all that you should see what is happening on an individual we all i mean we all are responsible for what's going on i've been behaving in my crib mask on even in my house sometimes but oh man the sights i saw that day i was like lord i come to you today as your humble faithful servant just take me now <laughs> just take me now it's over i've seen what i needed to see but thank you so much for tuning in to this point if you're still here um i'm really excited for what's coming up and what's going on um really thankful that um you know that i have the opportunity to do this and i'm looking forward to the next few projects that are going on i think that i'm sticking with a moderately consistent schedule of every friday if it needs to get pushed to saturdays when i start my full-time job then we'll probably do that but yeah so Hope you all have a fantastic day, week, weekend, whenever you, you're listening to this. I hope that um, you stay safe. COVID is not something to be played with. And I hope that you all have a great rest of your day. I'll see you next time.